This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pets. P E P Pets. Kellogg's Pets, the Sunshine Serial, presents the Adventures of Superman. Today, as Superman waits for daybreak and a chance to break up the racketeer's cruel plot, in far-off metropolis, Lois Lane stands in dire peril of her very life. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, talk about bright, sparkling colors, gang. You can't beat that exciting new series of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet for brilliance. Why, those red, black, and blue, and yellow pictures of your favorite comic strip characters are real eye-catchers. And the pictures are so true to life. Take uh, Tess Trueheart, for instance, with her red suit and hat and that soft blonde hair. And Brenda Starr looks mighty natural, too. And Superman in his bright blue jersey with his red Superman insignia. Yes, sir, every single one of these 18 different comic buttons is mighty nifty. So uh, you better get busy on your collection. Ask mom to get you some Kellogg's Pep because that's the only way you can get these exciting prizes. One in every package of Pep. Now you don't send it any money. Not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. And say gang, don't forget another reason why you want to keep stocked up on Pep. It tastes a doggone sunny and toasted. And it's good for you. Sure, mom knows that. Kellogg's Pep gives you added amounts of an energy vitamin B1 and good old sunshine vitamin D. Plus the goodness of sun-ripened whole wheat itself. Yes, sir. There are lots of reasons why you want lots of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Convinced that Sarah, a fortune teller, and a dishonest lawyer named Harris were operating an inheritance racket and conspiring to fleece a poor spinster named Miss Louisa Lane of her savings, Lois Lane, reporter for the Daily Planet, took Clark Kent into her confidence as Superman Kent streaked to South Africa to investigate Miss Louisa's supposed inheritance. But meanwhile, discovering that Lois was a reporter and believing that she was in possession of the lawyer's letter to Miss Louisa, Sarah sent Pinky, a henchman, to the girl reporter's apartment, telling him, if Miss Lane takes that letter to the police, we'll get 20 years in the penitentiary. So take it away from her, Pinky. Get that letter at any cost. As we continue now, late in the evening, Pinky is ringing the bell of Lois's apartment. Listen. Telegram for you, Miss Lane. Oh, okay, just a second. Don't make any noise, Miss Lane. This gun is loaded. What? 
step back inside and shut up. I'm coming in. Now, now you wait. Be quiet and do as you're told, sister, and nothing will happen to you. Maybe. What is this? A stick up? No, I just want that letter, but I want it fast, see? Letter? What letter? You'll know what letter I mean. Get it up fast. But, but I don't know what you're talking Don't talk- get me sore, sister. It ain't healthy. I want the letter that Mr. Harris, the lawyer, wrote to that old dame. The one telling her she came to a million bucks. Oh, that letter. Yeah, that letter. Now get it up. I'm in a hurry. What makes you think I have it? I know you have. And if you're smart, you'll hand it right over. But you're Better mistaken. Work. I haven't got it. Look, sister, I ain't got time to play games. I know you got it because Miss Louisa told Zara. Told a friend of mine. Zara? She told Zara, and he sent you here to get the letter, didn't he? Uh, listen. Yes, I knew I was right. I had a hunch that Zara and Harris were working a racket on Miss Louisa, but now they've got cold feet and want the letter back. Hey, you're smart, don't you, Miss Lane? I don't have to be very smart to see through that setup. No, huh? Why, that phony fortune teller working on Miss Louisa's confidence, learning all about her, and then predicting that she'd inherit a fortune from her uncle in South Africa. What a guy. Oh, he did that so the poor old thing wouldn't question Harris's letter, but would pay him all she had for attorney's fees, which he and that phony lawyer would split. Why, of all the dirty, wicked fees I've ever heard of. Up. Now get that letter I haven't got it, I told you. Sister, I said you were smart, so don't make me change my mind. You won't like it if I do. Oh, you can't scare me. I said I haven't got the letter, and I haven't. Now, you take my advice and get out of here. You go back to Zara and Harris and tell them... Now, look. Say, you stop pushing that gun at me. Look, Gavin, get me that letter. I haven't got it, I tell you. You're asking for it, sister. I hate to do this. But I haven't got it. I gave it to Clark. So? Uh... Somebody. You mean the old coach you had dinner with? No, somebody else. Oh, tell me. I gave it to the police. And you better get out of here, because they'll be here soon. Oh, Jimmy, that you didn't go to the police. Yes, I did. Rats, I trailed you to the Daily Planet, then to the restaurant, and then here. So you're lying. The letter must be someplace in his apartment. It isn't, I tell you. What are you doing? Turning on the radio. What for? Nice organ music, ain't it? Now listen. Nice and loud, too. Nobody will hear any shots over it outside. Shots? Yeah, this is your last chance, Miss Lane. You're going to give me that letter? I can't. I haven't got it. Okay, then. I'll have to take Jerry and find it myself. No! No, stay away! No! Lifting his revolver, the slight, thin-faced Pinky advances on Lois Lane, forcing her backward and trapping her against the wall. Meanwhile, thousands of miles away in Johannesburg, South Africa, where it is bright day seven hours later, Superman, once more in his guise and garb of reporter Clark Kent, is speaking to the probate clerk in an office in the government building. According to this letter written to a Miss Louisa Lane in Metropolis, her uncle John Morse Lane died here a short time ago and left her one and a half million dollars. One and a half million dollars? That's right. The money's supposed to be in shares of the Crescent Diamond Mine. Do you have a record of such a will being probated? No, sir. I don't remember a will like that. Uh-oh. You say this John Watts Lane died a couple of months ago, Mr. Kent? So the letter says. He's supposed to have died here in Johannesburg. And according to the lawyer, a fellow named Harris in Metropolis, Mr. Lane's estate is right here and his will has been probated. Well, um, have a chair, Mr. Kent, while I have a look at the record. Thank you. You waiting, Mr. Kent. It's quite all right. Did you find out about the will? Yes. I found out there wasn't any such will. Uh-huh. I was afraid of that. At least it ain't been submitted for probate. Tell you what I'd do if I was you, Mr. Kent. Yes? The Bureau of Vital Statistics just down the hall keeps a record of all deaths and all pertinent facts known about the deceased. Why don't you step over there and find out what they've got on John Morse Lane? Good idea. Thanks very much, Mr. Clerk. You're quite welcome. Go right out this door down the hall to your right. Thanks again. <laughs> Lane, you say, Mr. Kent? That's right. According to my information, he died in this city a couple of months ago. Well, in that case, it should be recorded in this book here. And uh, let me see. J.K. 
Well, Frank Stern, Lindsberg, Lane. Yes, here we are, John Morse Lane. That's the one. What does it say about him? You see, uh, died November 2nd, 1946. No time checks. What else? Died of natural causes in the free ward of City Hospital. The free ward? Yes, interment at City Cemetery. It means, of course, that he died a pauper, Mr. A Kent. pauper? Yes, that's right. Lois and I were right. That fortune teller and lawyer are practicing a record on Miss Louisa. Uh, what's that? Huh? Oh, nothing. I, I was thinking out loud. Look, uh, could you give me a copy of your record? Why, certainly. Thank you. Uh, uh, Lane. see. It's John just past Lane. noon here. That means the sun will be rising in the metropolis. Yeah. This works out perfectly. I can be back there in a yeah. few minutes. If you can watch, sir. Huh? Oh, <laughs> I'm just talking to myself again. Oh. <laughs> well, here you are, sir. Here's your copy. Thanks very much, Mr. Clerk. Goodbye. <laughs> Hurrying from the government building, Clark Kent steps into a deserted airway, strips off his business suit, and resumes his true identity of Superman. Then, up, up, and away! Superman leaps high into the sky, and red tape streaming in the wind. Rockets back over the vast blue Atlantic toward Metropolis. Superman knows now that Zara and the lawyer Harris are engaged in a vicious racket. But he does not know what has happened to Lois Lane. What has happened? It is noon in South Africa, with just 5.30 in the morning in Metropolis, when Superman, having streaked back across the Atlantic Ocean, drops down before the quiet house of Perry White in suburban Brentwood and resumes the guise and garb of Clark Kent. A few minutes later, he has awakened the gray-haired editor. Kent, what in thunder's the idea of waking me up at such an hour? I'm sorry, Chief, but I just got back from Johannesburg, and what? I wanted to... You just got back from where? Huh? Oh, uh, I mean, I just got the information we needed from South Africa on that inheritance racket Lois was investigating. Oh, the phony fortune teller, eh? Phony is right. When he told Miss Louisa her uncle left her in a state of one and a half million dollars, he exaggerated by exactly one and a half million dollars. Really? Yes, John Morse Lane died a pauper. Oh, and those rascals had it all set to take that poor Spencer for all the money she had. Right, $1,250. All the money she'd been able to save in a lifetime. A dirty heels. Why, for two cents, I'd... Look, look, Miss Louisa agreed to draw her savings from the bank first thing this morning and bring them to the lawyer. So, uh, she won't, though. I won't let her. Oh, yes, she will. She must. What for? You just proved the lawyer and the fortune teller racketeers, didn't you? Well, of course, but we've got to trap them. And the only way to do it is to let Miss Louisa take the money to Harris's office alone. Alone? Uh-huh. Are you mad? Oh, don't you worry, Chief. Inspector Henderson and Lois and I will be waiting outside his office door. Oh. When he accepts the money, we'll grab him. Then we'll grab Mr. Fortune Teller, Zara, whatever his name is. Oh, oh yes, I see. Well, whom are you calling now? Lois. Oh, it's pretty early to get her out of bed, but she don't want to know about this. We've got to get our timing all set. It's important that we... Hey, that's funny. What's the matter? Well, Lois doesn't answer. Mm, she must be sound asleep. Phone's right by her bed. Well, let it ring a while. It's been ringing. You don't think she could have left her apartment so early, do you? Oh, of course not. It's only 5.30 in the morning. Well, why doesn't she answer? I don't know. I know she went home last night. I took her home myself. This is very strange, Chief. Yes. Is it still ringing? Uh-huh. I don't like this, Chief. I've got a feeling something's happened to Lois. And I'm going to find out right now. Worried and uneasy, Clark Kent replaces the telephone at Scott's store for Lois Lane's apartment. Where, when last seen, Lois was being threatened by Pinky, the racketeer's henchman. What has happened to the girl reporter in the time that has lapsed? As Kent, who was Superman, returned too late to help Lois out of a dangerous spot. Clark Kent and you two, fellows and girls, are in for a startling surprise in tomorrow's exciting episode. So don't fail to listen. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman.
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Peps. P-E-P, Peps. Kellogg's Peps, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman and his guise of Clark Kent is forced to agree that Lois Lane's disappearance appears to indicate that the girl reporter is irrevocably lost to her friend. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan Culler. Say, uh, wouldn't you like to shake hands with the person who thought up the idea of putting that new series of comic buttons in packages of Kellogg's Pets? Well, I know I would, because these pet comic buttons are just about the best thing that's happened in a long, long time. First off, there's the doggone smart-looking, shiny and sparkling as anything, with 18 different true-to-life pictures of your favorite funny paper characters, like a little moose, for instance, and uh, Judy and Corky, and Superman himself. Yes, sir, there's plenty of excitement whenever Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pet, because that means that you get a new comic button for your collection. And that's how easy it is to get these swell prizes. You don't have to send in a single penny, not even a buck stop. And you can't buy these pet comic buttons anywhere. They're your prizes from Kellogg's Pet. That's the sunshine cereal you know. The gold and toasted whole wheat flakes with the catchy sunshine flavor. Why, just one glimpse of your breakfast bowl full of pet is a surefire invitation to dig into a super delicious dish. And your first taste is so downright wonderful that, well, you're all set for some happy eating, believe me. So remind Mom right now that you'll eat lots of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now, the adventures of Superman. When Lois Lane became suspicious that a fortune teller and a lawyer were conspiring to swindle an elderly spinster named Louisa Lane out of her savings by telling her she had inherited a fortune in South Africa, the girl reporter stepped into trouble because Zara, the fortune teller, had become aware of her suspicions. And learning that she had obtained a certain incriminating letter from Miss Louisa, he ordered a henchman to recover the letter at all costs. At daybreak the next morning, when Clark Kent was unable to reach Lois by telephone, he and Editor Perry White hurried to her apartment. 
As we continue now, Hanson, the nightman, has opened Lois's door with his passkey to reveal a scene of great confusion. The rug is heaped up. Lamps and furniture are overturned. Papers are strewn everywhere. Listen. Good God, Freddy. Rosemary. Scott, what happened here? Lois. Looks like a cyclone went through here. Lois, Lois, where are you? Not here, Chief. Oh, no, she must be. I'll look in the bedroom. Don't bother. She's not there either. Lois. Chippers, where can she be? I don't know. Listen, Hanson, did you take her? She's not in the bedroom. Of course not. Well, where is she? I don't know, but if you'd just be quiet a moment, I'll try to find what must have happened to her. Look at this apartment. I know. It's a shambles. Sure is. Chief, please, be quiet for just a moment, will you? Listen, Hanson, did you bring Miss Lane down in the elevator this morning? No, sir. I didn't see her at all after I took her up when she came in last night. You sure? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was right after I came on duty, a little after ten. That's right. We had dinner together, and I brought her here from the restaurant at about that time. But where is she now? What, what happened to her? Well, it looks to me like a burglar got in here. Now, that's possible, but yes. I, that's what must have happened. Then Lois probably put up a fight, and... But why did he take her out of here? That's what I'm wondering, too. And how did he get her out, Ken? Hanson. Hanson says that she didn't go down in the elevator. I'll swear she didn't. He could have taken her down the stairs. Or down the fire escape at the back of the building, I suppose. But there's the 12th floor. No. But why would a burglar go to all that trouble and take such a risk? That's what I can't figure I out. I don't think it was a burglar, Chief. Why, of course it was. Who else? A burglar wouldn't bother taking his victim away. Also, the way this apartment is ripped up indicates that the man who was here was looking for something. Why, sure. For money or jewels or... Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, no. Whoever went to all this trouble was looking for something else. And I think I know what it was. What do you mean? My hunch is he was looking for a letter I have in my pocket. A letter? What letter? The letter that racketeer lawyer Harris wrote to Miss Louisa, telling her she had inherited a fortune in South America. Well, South why Africa. would they think that Lois said? Well, my guess is that Lois didn't fool the lawyer and the fortune teller as she thought she did. Oh, I see. You may have realized she was on a trail and found out she had the letter that could send her to the penitentiary for a long time. And oh. so they came here, couldn't find the letter, and took Lois away, eh? That's what I'm afraid of, Chief. Holy smokes! Good Godfrey, well, what are we waiting for then? If those racketeers have Lois, they, they will. Well, anything could happen to her. Don't just stand there, Kent. Get on the phone. Call Inspector Henderson. Tell him. You'll call him, Chief. I'm going to have a look for Harris, the lawyer, and for Zara, that phony fortune teller. I'll see you later. Hurrying from Lois Lane's apartment, Clark Kent stops in the stair hall to resume his true identity of Superman. Then streaks away through the early morning sky to the building where the lawyer, Harris, has his office. But the office is not yet open, and Superman rockets away again. This time to the small house occupied by Sarah, the so-called seer. When his X-ray vision assures him that Lois is not in the house, the Man of Steel resumes his guide and garb of Clark Kent and rings the bell. After a small delay, the door is opened by a swarthy middle-aged woman with untidy hair and those black eyes. Oh, good morning. I'm sorry to disturb you so early, what madam. What do you want? I'd like to see Zara. The master is not here. Oh? Well, uh, when do you expect him? I do not know. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe next week. Next week? Oh, but it's important that I see him right away. Very important. Uh, could you tell me where he is? I do not know. Well, he must have told you where or the how you... The master re- tell Nella nothing. I Goodbye. gather you're trying to tell me that you know nothing about I anything. I know nothing. Except the master is not here. Goodbye. Well, if she does know anything, she's certainly not telling it. At least not to me. Well, I guess I better get back to Harris's office. I think he should be there by now. Once more resuming his identity of Superman, Kent rockets back to Harris's office, where, again, in the guise of the mild-mannered reporter, he is surprised to find Perry White and Police Inspector Henderson already there and talking with a pleasant-faced older man. Now, here's Kent now. Right, Chief. Hello, Inspector. Oh, morning, Kent. Uh, this is Mr. Daniels. How do you do? Glad to know you, Mr. Kent. This is Mr. Daniels' office, Kent. Oh, you mean he's Harris's partner? Certainly not. No, Kent, no. Mr. Mr. Daniels was just starting to tell us about the setup here when you showed up, Kent. Incidentally, Harris isn't here yet, and the chances are he won't be here. He won't? No, Blaskin. But why? What happened? Did someone tip him? I don't know, Kent. Uh, suppose you tell us what you know, Mr. Daniels. Well, as I started to tell you, I'm an importer. Yes? A month or so ago, I met this fellow Harris on a train. 
We started talking, and he told me he was a lawyer just out of the Army. Said he had a family and was anxious to get back into law practice again, but couldn't find office space. Uh huh. Seemed like a decent chap, a little too hardy and backslapping maybe, but he said he'd been in the Army for four years, and I wanted to help him out. Mighty nice of you. Well, it just happened that there was a little office in this suite which I could spare, so I told him I'd rent it to him. I see. Now, what's this about his not coming to the office today? Mr. Daniels said Harris called early this morning. Yes, just as I came in a moment before you and Mr. White arrived. What did he say? He said he'd been called away suddenly and wouldn't be needing his office anymore. Uh-oh. Did he say where he was going? No, he didn't. Flew the coop. Well, oh, look, do you know where he lives, Mr. Daniels? No, he never did tell me that. Uh-oh. That's a bad break. He did mention once they lived in the suburbs, but that was all. I didn't particularly care much. See him out of the office most of the time. Rarely had occasion to talk with him. Kent, my guess is that Harris knew Miss Lane was on to him and hit the road. Of course. I think so, too. Chances are he's... Well, what are we such... playing guessing games for? You've got to find him, Inspector. He must know where Lois is. I'll do all I can, Mr. White. My men are working on it now. Well, we've got places to go, and we've got to move fast. Where are we going? I'll tell you downstairs. Come on, let's go. Anytime you need a cab, you can't find one. I should have brought my car. Well, where are we going, Inspector? To that fortune teller's place, of course. If he were Harris's partner, that's right. Lois might even be there. She isn't, Chief. And neither is Mr. Zara, the fortune teller. What? How do you know, Kent? Because I was there. The only person in the house is a woman named Nella. And if she knows anything, she isn't talking. I'll make her talk. Actually, I don't think you can make her talk, Inspector. Oh, no. We've got to. We must find Lois. And Zara's the only one. I still say going there is a waste of time. I suggest we drop in to see Miss Louisa. Miss Louisa? Who's that? The woman Zara and Harris pulled that inheritance gag on. Oh. You see, she was supposed to bring Harris $1,250 this morning as soon as the bank opened. Well, maybe Harris and Sarah went to her place to get the money. Or maybe they told her where to meet them. Hey, that makes sense, Inspector. It sure does. Hey, there's a cab now. Let's grab it and get right over to Miss Louise. Come on. Eagerly, Clark Kent, Inspector Henderson, and Perry White pile into a taxi cab and direct the driver to Miss Louise's apartment. Will they pick up the trail to Lois Lane? As we rejoin them now, Clark Kent, Inspector Henderson, and Editor Perry White have arrived at the remodeled brownstone house in which Miss Louisa has her apartment. But to their disappointment, the little spinster is not at home. They are now questioning Mrs. Sloan, her landlady. You say you saw Miss Louisa leave this morning, Mrs. Sloan? Yes, Inspector. About seven o'clock it was, and I was just sweeping the stove at that time. Seven o'clock? Well, why would she leave so early? When the bank doesn't open, open up until nine. Mrs. Sloan, was Miss Louisa alone when she left? Oh, no, sir. A man called for her in a car. What? Did you know the man? No, sir. I never saw him before. Do you remember what he looked like? Well, he was about middle height. In his fifties, maybe. Uh-huh. And other than that, he didn't look like much, I'd say. Except for his eyes. And they fair give me the shivers they did. What do you mean? Well, I can best describe them as shining green, like a cat. Green? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. He turned around and looked at me when he was helping Miss Louisa into his car. And, oh, his eyes seemed to be going right through me. Inspector, that was Zara. Zara? The fortune teller? That's right. How do you know, Ken? Lois described him to me about middle height and age with deep, shining green eyes. Oh. Hey, this all adds up now. What do you mean, Kent? When the lawyer's letter wasn't found at Lois's apartment because I had it, Zara and Harris must have known the jig was up. Their only chance to save themselves then was to prevent Miss Louisa and Lois from testifying against them. So they grabbed them. Good God, Frank. Yeah, that adds up, Kent. And if it is so, it means we may never see either Lois or Miss Louisa again. Their faces pale, Clark Kent, Harry White, and Inspector Henderson realize that for the moment at least, they are stymied. With no knowledge of where Lois Lane and Miss Louisa have been taken by their racketeer captor. What has happened to the girl reporter and the little spinster? Can Clark Kent, who is Superman, pick up their trail now? Don't miss tomorrow's thrilling episode when we discover what has happened to Lois and Miss Louisa. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. 
for excitement, The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. While Clark Kent maps a plan to trap the racketeers at their own game, Lois and Louisa Lane, helpless prisoners of the villain, are in dire peril of their lives. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, I'll bet you've had more than a few chuckles out of the antics of Goofy and Beezy in that comic strip Harold Teen. Seems like they're always up to something. So it's no wonder that Kellogg included them in this new series of 18 different comic buttons that now come in packages of Kellogg's Pet. There they are, looking just as real as in the bunny papers. And all the other buttons are just as real, too, from the little moose right up to Superman himself. Boy, is it a load of fun to get a new button every time that Mom opens a new package of Pet. If it's a duplicate, why, that's even more fun because then you can trade it with one of your pals. And you know, the best part is these prizes are so easy to get. You don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. But you find a comic button inside every package of Pep you open. That's Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Pep, the golden toasted whole wheat flakes with a catchy sunshine flavor. Pep, the super delicious breakfast cereal that tastes a doggone good. It makes you want to eat hearty. Every bite's a crisp and fresh. Every spoonful's a tasty and toasted. Every bowlful a wonderful start for a really good day. So ask Mom to get you some P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. In her zeal to prevent a fortune teller and a dishonest lawyer from swindling an elderly spinster named Miss Louisa in an inheritance racket, Lois Lane, reporter for the Daily Planet, aroused the suspicions of the racketeers. Discovering that Lois had obtained possession of an incriminating letter, Sarah, a fortune teller, sent a henchman to her apartment. And the next morning, when Clark Kent and Editor Perry White arrived, the apartment was a shambles, and the girl reporter was missing. Sarah and the lawyer Harris had likewise disappeared. And to cap the climax, a visit to the home of Miss Louisa revealed that she had left early that morning with a man answering the description of the fortune teller. As we continue now, Clark Kent and Inspector Henderson, deeply worried, have arrived at police headquarters. Listen. Inspector, I never felt so helpless in my life. Well, don't give up hope yet, Kent. We've got a couple of pretty good leads. We have? That's news to me. Yeah, I'll tell you about them in a moment. Uh, did Sergeant Healy get in yet? Yes, sir. He's on his way to your office. 
Good, thanks. What are these leads you mentioned, Inspector? Well, first off, in going over Miss Lane's apartment, we came up with some fingerprints. You did? Uh-huh. Nice clear ones, too. Which have been identified as belonging to a man named Pinky Davis. Pinky Davis? Who's he? A small-time racketeer and grifter who did four or five stretches. Uh-huh. The last one, a five-year hitch, was the most serious. Assault with a gun. Uh-oh. And his fingerprints were in Lois's apartment? Right. He was obviously the one who ransacked the place and took Miss Lane away. Uh-huh. And I figured he must be working for Harris and the fortune teller. What else do you know about him? Where does he hang out? No, no, I... take it easy, please. We're not letting any grass grow under our feet, you know. I know, but I just want to... Oh, it's healing now. Hello, Mr. Kent. All right, Sergeant. Healy, uh, what about Pinky Davis? Locate him? Nope. I looked every place, in all the joints. It's no soap inspector. Uh-uh. Friend Pinky's given us the slip. Oh, I was afraid of that. Yeah, why do you say that, Kent? Because Zara and Harris must have known we were looking for them. They wouldn't leave Pinky around loose to lead us to them. Say, you may be right at that. I'm sure I am. So that makes this lead a black, Inspector. But you said there were two. What's the other one? The other one is Nella. Oh, well, uh, let's Nella? You mean the woman at Zara's house? Yeah. We found out she's his sister. What you said? And it's my guess she knows where he is. Well, maybe, but you won't get anything out of her. I tried. Look, when I show her all we've got on her no-good brother, I think she will talk. Yeah? Uh, did you pick her up, Healy? Yes, Inspector. She's at women's detention quarters. Okay. Come on, Kent. Let's have a talk with her. All right. Now, listen, Nella. Your brother is wanted for fraud and abduction, both serious offenses. And unless you cooperate with us, you'll be charged with aiding and abetting a criminal. You understand? Zara is not a criminal, Inspector. Zara is a great man. He has great powers. Yeah, sure. Power to hoodwink simple old ladies like Miss Louisa. Zara does she not... She believed everything he told her. Was even going to pay $1,250 to Harris, Zara's partner in this racket. $1,250. All the money she had in the world for his services in turning over the estate to her. Only there wasn't any estate. Miss Louisa's uncle died a pauper, as you well know. I know nothing of that. Now, listen here, you. I advise you to open wait, up... Wait a minute, take it easy. Inspector. Now, you let me stay out of this, please. Man. Now, listen to me, Nala. I'll tell you what else I know, just so you can see it's no use trying to hold out on us. I know why Pinky Davis was sent to Miss Lane's apartment. He went to get an incriminating letter that Zara wanted, but he didn't get it, because I had it. Do you want to see it? No. I know nothing about letters. None of this has any interest for me. Inspector, if you'll only let me ask the Let me tell you some more, Nella. When Pinky couldn't find the letter in Miss Lane's apartment, he took her away with him. Then Zara tricked Miss Louisa into going away with him to keep her from talking. Do you know what that means? No, I do not. Well, that's abduction. And abduction is a crime punishable by death in this state. Everyone involved in an abduction is also liable to the death sentence. And that means you. Now are you going to tell us where your brother and Harris are? I do not know the man you call Harris. I do not know where Zara is. You see, I told you it was no use, Inspector. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Healy. Yes, Inspector. Take this woman downstairs and have her book for aiding and abetting criminals and withholding vital information from the police. No, no. Then turn her over to the no, major. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't waste Inspector. your breath, Kent, please. I know what I'm doing. Well, I want to. This woman knows where the fortune teller is, so. When she's cooled her heels in jail for a while and had a chance not to get over, she may change her tune. But we can't wait that long. Lois and Miss Louisa are in danger. I know that. But there's nothing else. Please listen to me, Inspector. I've got an idea. Oh, all right. What is it? Well, tell Healy to wait outside with Nella and I'll tell you. Well, okay. Uh, wait outside for a moment, will you, Healy? Okay, Inspector. Come on, lady. All right, Ken, spill it. What brainstorm have you got now? I want you to let Nella go. Let her go? Yes. She'll undoubtedly... Lee, have you gone nuts? No. Yeah, but don't you realize she'll contact her brother the first moment we let her out of our hands well, of and... Of course t- I do. It's exactly what I'm counting on. Don't Look, you see yes. that? That's a... If those racketeers know the jig is up, they'll see the only way they can possibly beat the rap is by doing away with Lois and Miss Louisa. I realize that, Inspector. But the chances are they'll come to that conclusion anyhow. And our only hope to stop them is by getting to them before anything happens. Okay. So how do you propose to do that? Well, my suggestion is to let Nella go with your best gumshoe trailing her. Uh-huh. If you let her think you're through with her, I'm sure she'll get in touch with Zara at once and lead us to him. Oh, go 
one. She's too smart to walk us to Zara's trap. Why, she'd, why, she'd smell a rat right away. Maybe, but she might phone him. And with a tap on her telephone wire, you'll be able to trace Zara as soon as Nella calls his number. Then I'll hop right over there. You and get a... hop right over there, huh? Oh, well, I, I mean, we will. Oh, what do you say, Inspector? I don't know. It's, it's risky, Ken. But it's our only chance, and we've got to risk it. Well, okay, I'll do it. Come on. Now you're talking, Inspector. Let's get going. Moving swiftly, Inspector Henderson issues orders to tap Zara's cell phone wire, then release his sister, Nella. Will Clark Kent plan to locate and rescue Lois Lane and Miss Louisa succeed? As Inspector Henderson carries out Kent's plan in a desperate effort to locate Zara and Harris, those two racketeers are in conference in the living room of a small ramshackle bungalow on the outskirts of Metropolis. Zara's deep-set green eyes are as cold and impenetrable as those of a jungle cat. As he regards his agitated accomplice, the plump lawyer, Harris, nervously removes his glasses to wipe the moisture from them. I tell you, Zara, you went too far when you grabbed Miss Lane and Miss Louisa. Abduction is a capital crime in this state. So what? If we'd been picked up on that inheritance rap, we'd get 20 years for fraud anyhow, wouldn't we? Uh, maybe, but that's not as bad as the electric chair. I told you we should have got out of town as soon as we found out Miss Lane was on to us, and that's what we should have done. Well, I didn't like the idea of dodging the police for the rest of my life. You know, they usually catch up with you, Harris. Uh, they'll catch up with us now, too. They won't catch up with me. What do you mean? You're in this as deep as I am, deeper as a matter of fact. You rigged the whole thing, you know. Nobody can prove that. Except you. Oh, no. How about that letter Miss Lane passed on to the police? The one telling Miss Louisa she inherited one and a half million dollars and to come and get it. I didn't write that letter, Harris. You did. Sure, sure, but you told me to. You even told the old lady she was going to get the letter so she wouldn't stop to ask questions when she did get it. Quite true. But as I say, only Miss Louisa can prove that. And Miss Lane. And with Miss Louisa and Miss Lane and you out of the way, I'm in the clear. Let me get this straight, Zara. Did you say with me out of the way? Exactly. I'm really sorry to do this. Wait, Alex. Zara, put that gun down. I'm sorry it has to be you and me, and I prefer that it be no, you. No, no, wait. Don't do it, Zara. Let... Zara, I heard a shot. What happened? You can see for yourself, Pinky. Holy smokes. Harris, what did you do it for? I had a very good reason for it, but there's no time to explain now. We've got to act fast. Miss Lane and Miss Louisa in the basement? Yeah, sure. Tied up and gagged, like you said. Why? We've got to take care of them, Pinky. Huh? What do you mean? I mean we've got to finish them as I did Harris. Then I can laugh at the police. Come on. With lustrous green eyes more cat-like than ever, the fortune teller starts toward the basement steps followed by Pinky. As meanwhile, several miles away in the basement of Zara's city home, Clark Kent and Inspector Henderson crouch over a hand telephone set, which is connected to the wire leading from Zara's phone. Almost 20 minutes, Kent. She hasn't tried the telephone yet. I know, Inspector, but I'm sure she will. Then we can trace the number and find out exactly... She smelled a rat. Wait a minute, wait a minute. She's walking to the phone now. Huh? How do you know? Huh? Oh, I, I don't know. I just got a hunch. Oh. Keep your fingers crossed, Inspector. This may be it. Holding their breaths, Clark Kent and Inspector Henderson wait for Nella to put her call through. Will she call Zara and so give Kent, who is Superman, the location of the fortune teller and of Lois Lane and Miss Louisa... What will happen? Split seconds count as the lives of the girl reporter and the little spinster hang in the balance. Monday's episode tells the story, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P, E, P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents the adventures of Superman. Today, as Clark Kent speeds to final action against Zara, chief racketeer and murderer, his boss, Harry White, is annoyed and mystified at a new and strange trouble affecting his staff. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, even if you'd never met those characters on the comic buttons that you're all collecting in the new series that now come in packages of Kellogg's Pet, you'd still want all 18 of them. Sure, because the, the colors are so bright and clear, those buttons really show up when you wear them pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. But since you know all the characters and uh, follow their adventures in the funny papers, why, it's even more fun. Take a Brenda Starr, for instance, with her curly red hair, or Vitamin Flintheart, Derby hat and long hair and fur coat and all, or Superman himself. Yes, sir, those pet comic buttons are mighty nifty, and so easy to get. You don't send in any money, not even a box top, and you can't buy them anywhere. The only way you can get them is to ask Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pet, and look for your comic button inside every package you open. And, uh, look for some doggone good eating, too, because Pep's a ringer when it comes to crispness and flavor. Kellogg's Pep is called the Sunshine Cereal. Every spoonful is loaded with sunny, golden toasted goodness, that keeps you digging in for more. Fact is, gang, Pep tastes just as good as it is good for you. So remind Mom to get you some P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Because she uncovered a racket in which a fortune teller and a dishonest lawyer were about to swindle a poor spinster named Miss Louisa out of her life savings, Lois Lane, reporter for the Daily Planet, was abducted by the racketeers and taken to a hideout in the outskirts of Metropolis. There, planning to put himself beyond the reach of the police by eliminating all who had knowledge of his crime, Zara, the fortune teller, shot his lawyer accomplice and then prepared to do away with Lois and Miss Louisa. Meanwhile, several miles away, Clark Kent and Police Inspector Henderson were hiding in the cellar of Zara's city house, where they had tapped the telephone wire in the hope that Zara's sister, Nella, would phone her brother and so give them a clue to the hideout. As we continue now, Inspector Henderson is growing restive. Listen. Look, Kent. Yeah? We released Nella over 30 minutes ago. If she were going to call the fortune teller, she'd have done it by now. Uh, I think she smelled a rat. Wait, Inspector, wait. She's walking to the phone now. How do you know? Oh, uh... Can't you hear her walking? Sure. But how do you know she's going to the phone? Just a hunch. Get set now. You're right, Kent. I heard the click. Let's count the dials now as they come through, right? A single click, check. Then three. That's the exchange symbol. Single click, then three, yeah. Yeah, now. Four clicks, check. Two, three, four, five, six. Six, Kent. Six, right. And now two, check. And hold it now. One, two, three, four. Got it. One and three clicks for the exchange, then the number. Four, six, two, four. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I marked it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Phone's ringing. Yeah, and here's hoping Zara answers. Then we'll hop over to the nearest telephone exchange and trace the number. Yes. Come on, come on, answer. If only she didn't call the meat market or something. Don't talk that way, Inspector. This is our only hope of finding Lois and Miss Louisa. Wait. Hello? 
And anyone who claims he or she can see into it is a phony. You don't have to tell me that. Oh, incidentally, I ran into Clark at headquarters, Chief. Huh? After he understood that the story was entirely under control, thanks to Superman and yours truly, he said to me to tell you he was going over to the hospital to see Jimmy. Oh, well, he'll find that Jimmy's getting along fine. I just talked to the doctor. Oh, good. Yes? Oh, what is it, Eddie? A telegram just came for you, Mr. White. Yeah? Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Hi, Miss Lane. Hi, Eddie. Gee, you sure had us worried about you. Glad to see you looking okay. Thanks, Eddie. Everything's fine now. That's well. See you later. You bet. What the... No, I don't believe it. Don't believe what? They can't do this to me. Do you hear me, Lois? They can't do this to me. What are you talking about? I won't have it. Nobody ever did this to me before. And now I get three in a row. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. I won't have it. I tell you, I won't have it. His face purple, his eyes fairly popping. Editor Perry White shakes the telegram above his head and chokes with rage as Lois Lane watches in wonderment. What has happened? Editor Perry White has just received a telegram which threw him into a wild, incoherent rage. Now, in his office, as Lois tries to calm him, he shouts... Listen to me, Lois! Why have all the, the, the crazy, ridiculous... please, please, calm down. What is it? What happened? What happened? Why, this, this telegram, that's what happened. Here, look at it. Read it yourself. Yes. It's incredible. It's preposterous. Regret must refuse assignment, sign Hanley. How do you like that? What does this mean, Chief? Who's Hanley? What assignment? Hanley is the third local correspondent in as many days who accepted an assignment to cover a simple story, and the third one to quit like this without giving a reason. Really? That's strange. Strange? Why, it's... This telegram was sent from Frieda. Where's that? Oh, about 2,000 miles southwest of here. Oh, well, what is it you wanted? All I wanted from each of those three quitters was a simple human interest story on the effects of the drought out there in Freeville. That's all. Drought? Yes, drought. That means dry spell. No rain. Don't you understand plain English? All right, all right, all right. Now, calm down, Chief. I still don't understand what... Of course, of course you don't understand. Neither do I. Except that it's supposed to be the rainy season out there now, and for some strange reason, there's been no rain for 26 days. So what? So I smell a story. I write our local correspondent near Freeville to do a little yarn in the drought, and he says fine. Yes. And the next day I get his telegram, quitting the assignment. But why? How do I know why? He didn't say. Neither did the other two so-called reporters. Now, Chief. They just accepted the assignment and then sent me a wire the next day refusing it. Hmm, that doesn't make sense. You are telling me. Well, where's Ken? I told you, Chief. He went over to the hospital to see Jim. Well, get him on the phone. Get him oh. on the phone. Tell him I want him to take the next plane to Freeville and wait find out Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me go, Chief. You? Yes, let me go to Freeville. There's something odd about this, and it sounds interesting. There might be a good story in it, and I'd uh, like to go... I'd oh, rather please, cancel this job. Chief. After all, no, there please, may be Chief, trouble... Please, Chief, three straight scoops while I was on vacation. Please let no. me handle the Freeville story. Please, oh, but Chief. No, 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 Thanks, no, Chief. You're a dog. Oh, no, wait a minute. I'm not sure I'll that take you the are. first plane out of here to Freeville, and I'll contact you as soon as I get there. But, Lord... So long. I'm on my way. Ignoring Editor White's protests, Lois Lane dashes out of the office and gets on her way to Freeville, believing herself to be on the trail of an intriguing story. But apparently there's more to this story than appears on the surface. Else why did three correspondents accept the assignment and then abruptly resign? There are strange things going on in the sleepy little village of Freeville, as Lois Lane will discover when she arrives there and steps into trouble. As serious trouble as the girl reporter has ever encountered, and as serious as any that has ever involved Superman. You won't want to miss a single episode of our thrilling new story that gets underway tomorrow. So be sure to be with us right from the beginning. Don't fail to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. 
Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman, in his search for the missing Lois Lane, finds himself confused and baffled by a mystery with frighteningly ominous overtones. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, it's only once in a thousand years that someone comes along with such exciting prizes as those comic buttons Kellogg's Pep has been putting out. And uh, now that you've got a brand new series of 18 new buttons to collect, boy, that multiplies your fun over and over. Because it's such a swell surprise finding a button every time that you open a package of Pep. And there's such swell prizes. Why, these new comic buttons, all 18 of them, are colored up bright as anything. They really show up when you pin them on your, your jacket or your dresser cap. And they're true-to-life pictures, too. The little Moose and Spud and, and Corky and Superman look just as real as they do in the funny papers. Yes, sir, you'll get a kick out of collecting this brand new series of pet comic buttons. And you don't have to spend any of your allowance to do it. No, sir, you don't even have to send in a box stop. You just ask Mom to keep stocked up with plenty of Kellogg's Pep. That's right. You can't buy these new comic buttons, but you get one as a prize in each package of that sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. The whole wheat flakes that taste so good and sunny that, well, you come a-running to breakfast. So be sure to remind Mom to get you some P-E-P, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Editor Perry White assigned three consecutive out-of-town correspondents to cover what appeared to be a simple story of an unusual drought in Freeville, and three times his assignment was rejected with no explanation, he hit the ceiling. After listening briefly to his furious rantings, Lois Lane requested the assignment. 
Editor White refused, told her this was apparently a man's job, and ordered her to get hold of Kent, who was at that time visiting in the hospital with Jim Olson. But ignoring his protests, the girl reporter dashed out of the office after saying, Have no fears, Chief. I'll find out what's cooking in Freeville and bring you back a bang-up story. The following day, White received the first of a series of telegrams from Lois. This one, which he read with satisfaction, said... No rainfall here in 26 days. Extremely unusual situation for Freeville area at this time of year. Native farmers panicky. Reaction to drought from members of newly established veteran farm community is high. Facts should make sensational story. More later. Lois. Now, now we're getting someplace. But a short while later the same day, three more telegrams arrived from Lois in rapid succession. Each one more cryptic and disturbing than the other. As our story continues now, Clark Kent has just rushed into White's office in response to an urgent summons from the editor. Listen. What's the matter, Chief? What's up? I don't know, Kent. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me. Well, give me some idea what's biting you, and maybe I can help straighten you out. And these telegrams from Lois. That's what's biting me. I noticed she wasn't in the office. Where is she? In Freeville. What's she doing there? Covering a story, of course. Well, what else would she be doing? Wait a minute. There? We don't have to snap my head off. I just Oh, I'm where... sorry, Kent. I'm sorry. I, I'm upset. I, I had a feeling I shouldn't let her go, but she talked me out of sending you. You did it. And dashed off before I could do anything to stop her. And now I'm afraid... Now, wait a uh, minute. Wait a minute, Chief. Let's start from the beginning so I can have some idea what this is all about. Well, it's these blasted telegrams, oh, she All said. right, forget them for the moment. What's going on in Freeville? No, I wish I knew. What story did she go out there to cover? Well, here's the story, Kent. A few days ago, I noticed a small item in our wire service reports about what appeared to be an unprecedented drought in the Freeville area. Well, what's so sensational about that? Uh, it's very unusual out there. Hasn't happened in heaven knows how many years, and particularly at this time of year. I see. And what makes it even more important is the new Veterans Farm Community Project that's just been established out there. Oh? Vets, just set up on farmland, facing ruin in their very first seasonal operation. Oh, what a tough break. Yes, it sure is. Well, I wanted a feature on that, so I assigned a correspondent near Freeville to cover it for us. And the next day, he turned the job down. What? That's not all. I gave the assignment successively to two other out-of-town correspondents. Each of them accepted, and then, within 24 hours, they turned it down. But why? I don't know why. But Lois was here when I received the third turn down and hit the ceiling. Where was I? At the hospital, visiting with Jim. Oh. I told her to get you, but she took the bull by the horns and hightailed it out of here before I could stop her. That's just like her. Well, this morning I get a wire from her indicating that she's on the trail of a good yarn. Mm -hmm. And I thought everything was okay until a few hours after that I was handed the first of these three wires, all of them arriving within two hours. Let me see them. Oh, here, here. See if you can make any sense out of them. There's the first one. Sent out at 11.15 this morning. Believe necessary to remain here longer than first anticipated. Lois, well, what's wrong with that? Nothing. Except I didn't want her to take time enough to write a book. All I wanted was a Sunday feature story. No, but it takes time to collect Okay, that. okay. I was willing to accept that. Until I read the second one. Second one? That's the one wired at 12.10? Yeah, that's right. Read it. Awaiting orders to leave Freeville at once. Now, what in blazes does that mean? <laughs> First, she asks for more time, then she wants orders to leave. This is confusing. Well, that's an understatement. But if that baffles you, read the third and last wire I've received so far. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's see. This one was dispatched at 1.10 this afternoon. It's an hour after the second one. That's right. It says, urgent and imperative, you wire me to return home at once. Great Scott. Yeah, how do you like that, huh? I don't get it. It doesn't sound like Lois at all. It certainly doesn't. Maybe the run-in she had with that Zara character affected her head. Oh, no, Chief. It sounds mighty like there's something very fishy going on in Freeville. 
think I'd better hop out there and see... Now, what you wait a minute, Kent. But, Chief... No, I'm not going to have my two best reporters out on one story that even, uh, well, even Jim Collins could cover. Jim Olsen, you mean? Yeah, Jimmy Olsen, yes. Well, what, what about Lois? Collins? Yes, you said Collins. I'm so excited. Well, what about Lois? She may be in Well, trouble. she's a big girl and she can take care of herself. Besides, going out there was all her own idea, so she can work it out herself, and that's fine. Okay, you're the boss. But I can't help feeling a little worried about her. Oh, forget it, forget it. Now get going on that Sunday feature story about phony Sears and fortune tellers. saw Beanie bringing you this telegram. It's important, so I took it from him yeah, and brought it in. Say, maybe it's from Lois. Well, uh, it's date marked Freeville, but I don't see yeah, it. Yeah, let me have it. All right, here. Now, don't get excited, Chief. What do you mean? What do you mean? What's the, what's the to get excited about? Well, you'll see. Good, good Godfrey. Look what this says, Ken. Yeah, I know. You know. Oh, I, I mean, I, I can guess. No, no, you can't. Read it. All right. Warn you to order Lois Lane out of Freeville immediately. Signed, a friend. Great Caesar's ghost. Now, what in the world is going on in Freeville? I don't know, Chief, but I don't like the sound of it. Neither do I, but there's only one way to find out, and that's just what I'm going to do. Now, wait, Kent, wait. Where are you? I'm going to zip up to Freeville. You'll hear from me later. So long. Rushing from Perry White's office, Clark Kent dashes into an empty storeroom where, behind the locked door, he quickly slips down to the red and blue costume of Superman. A moment later, he opens the window. Up! Up! And away! Zooming up into the sky, the Man of Steel takes a bearing from the sun, then speaks westward with the speed of light toward Freeville. At the same moment, Lois Lane, unaware of her friend's concern for her safety, is in the telegraph office in Freeville, where she is unsuccessfully trying to draw out the taciturn telegrapher, the stooped elderly man with a white walrus mustache. Now, look here, Mr. Sykes. I'm sure if you wanted to, you could tell me a lot of interesting things about what's happening here in Freeville. Couldn't you? Don't know nothing. Oh, that's what you've been saying for the past ten minutes. But I could make it very much worth your while. I mean, I, I'm quite willing to pay for any information. Don't you... know nothing. Oh, well, I guess it's... Except in one thing. Yes? Eastbound Express due to go through here about 3.45. So what? Good flagger down to stop for you. No, thanks. I'm here to get a story, and I'm sticking until I get it. Train's a streamliner. Get you back home fast. Sorry, not interested. You're making a mistake, miss. Why? What's behind all the feeling that's so hot in this town? Why does everyone refuse to talk? Why do they change the subject every time I mention the drought? In short, what's going on here? Don't know nothing. Except ain't healthy here. Why? Is there some fatal disease in Freeville? Maybe. Oh, rubbish. Just the same, I warn you. Ain't healthy here. Especially for strangers. It's all got to say. Momentarily shaken by the aged telegrapher's ominous warning, Lois Lane stares at him open-mouthed. Then, turning on her heel, she strides out of his office and into the street. Will Superman arrive before Lois, disregarding the warning, walks into trouble... As our story continues, Superman has arrived in Freeville and, resuming the guise and garb of mild-mannered Clark Kent, talks with the desk clerk at the Central Hotel. Can you tell me what room Lois Lane is in? Why, uh, she's, uh, Lois Lane. Yes, the Metropolis Daily Planet reporter. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yes, yes, Miss Lois Lane. Why, uh, <clears throat> uh, Miss Lane's not in her room. Uh, that is, uh... Yes? Well, she's, uh, she left here. Left? Uh, th that's right, sir, about uh, ten minutes ago. You mean she checked out? Uh, excuse me, sir, I'm very... Oh, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I wonder what's wrong with him. Taxi, mister. Well, that depends. Tell me, did you by any chance pick up a young lady from the Central Hotel? Well, uh, I don't know. She's dark, rather pretty, and... Oh, you mean that newspaper gal from Metropolis? That's right. Nope, said she'd rather walk this time. Oh, I see. Any idea where she went? Mentioned something about going down the telegraph office at the depot. 
Want me to take you there? Yes, I would. Right. And make it snappy, please. Hang on. You haven't seen Miss Kane, Mr. Sykes? Not for over an hour. That's odd. The cab driver said she started walking over here about ten minutes ago. Certainly she should have been here by this time. Might have stopped somewhere on the way. No, I'd have seen her. How's that, mister? Uh, oh, never mind. The point is, she isn't here, nor any place between here and the hotel, and she couldn't have just vanished into thin air. Could be. Could be. Are you kidding? Nope. Stranger things than that have happened in this town. Well, great Scott, what in the world is going on here? Completely baffled by the strange and mysterious attitudes of the Freeville natives, Clark Kent is stunned into momentary immobility. What is going on in Freeville? Why do the natives refuse to discuss the drought? And who is behind the mysterious telegrams suggesting that Lois Lane be recalled from her assignment? And what is even more important, has Superman arrived on the scene too late to keep the girl reporter from plunging into trouble? This is just the beginning of a new and thrilling story, gang. So stay with us. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow to learn of more startling angles uncovered by Superman. Don't forget, tomorrow, join us again at this same time on this same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Kellogg's Pep! P-E-P-Pep! Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman! ...have much to do with Lois Lane's disappearance and the strangely tense attitude of the people in that area. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know, it's just like having pictures of your favorite friends collecting those nifty comic buttons in that new series from Packages of Kellogg's Pet. 
because every single one of those 18 different buttons has a picture of a favorite comic strip character straight from the funny papers. Boy, will you be proud of your collection. And is it fun collecting these pet comic buttons? There's the exciting moment every time Mom opens a new package of pet to see which button's inside. And if it happens to be a duplicate, why, that's even more fun because then you can trade with your pals. Like uh, swapping the little moose for uh, Cindy, maybe, or, or say, uh, Chief Brandon for Superman. So hop to a gang, get busy on your collection. Ask Mom to get you a package or two of Kellogg's Pet. Yes, sir, that's all there is to it. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these comic buttons. You just look for one inside your package of pet. That's Kellogg's Pep, you know, the sunshine cereal loaded with sunny gold and toasted flavor. And Pep's got something else, too. It's got extra amounts of energy vitamin B1 and that important sunshine vitamin D. So there's lots of reasons why Mom's glad to get you some P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Lois Lane dashed over to cover what appeared to be a routine on-the-scene investigation for a story of an unusual drought in the Freeville area, she found herself with more than she had bargained for. And soon after arriving at Freeville, center of the newly established veteran farm community project, she was convinced that there was more going on than just an unusual dry spell. Meanwhile, in Metropolis, Editor Perry White and Clark Kent were worried about a series of three mysteriously cryptic telegrams seemingly sent by Lois. But then they became really alarmed at the receipt of a fourth message, which said, Warned you, order Lois Lane to quit Freeville at once, or suffer consequences. Signed, a friend. Assuming his identity of Superman, Clark Kent rocketed out to Freeville, where he discovered that Lois was last seen going toward the telegraph office. Again in his guise of the mild-mannered reporter, Kent questioned Abner Sykes, the aged telegrapher, who said, Sorry. Ain't seen Miss Lane for over an hour. No one seems to have seen her after she left the hotel on her way here. Doesn't that seem odd? Nope. What do you mean? She couldn't have vanished. Could be. Could be. Are you kidding? Nope. All kinds of strange things happen in this town. Now, look here, Mr. Sykes. What do you mean by that? Nothing. Maybe. Sometimes I just talk too much. Now, this is one time you're not talking enough. I got a hunch Miss Lane's in some kind of trouble. Possibly something that even endangers her life. Maybe. Well, then, if you know something, I should know to help her. For the love of heaven, tell me what it is. Don't know nothing I told you. You're just not talking, you mean. Healthier that way. Look, what's going on here in Freeville? What's everyone so frightened of? Don't know, mister. Okay, okay, we'll skip that for a minute. Just tell me this. Who sent the telegrams, signed Lois Lane, asking Perry White of the Metropolis Daily Planet to order her home? Who signed them? They, they were signed, Lois Lane. And right, she but... must have sent them. Not on your life. That's not like Lois, or someone else must have done it. Now think, who else sent wires to Perry White at the Daily Planet in Metropolis? Don't know. Send lots of messages. Can't expect to remember all of them. Uh, especially when it's more convenient to forget, huh? Hmm. I don't suppose you'd remember who sent the wire warning Perry White to take Miss Lane out of Freeville and signed it a friend, would you? Was a friend, maybe. Like who, for instance? Me. You sent that telegram? Yep. Why? She wouldn't pay no attention to my warning to get out of Freeville. Well, why did you want her to leave? Liked her. That's why. Oh. Didn't want to see her get mixed up with... With what? Don't know what exactly. Oh, what's going on, Mr. Sykes? Who'd want to harm Miss Lane? Don't know. Oh, this is driving me batty and getting me nowhere fast. Look, isn't there someone else in this crazy town I could talk to and get better sense out of? Might try Fred Leonard. Who's he? Fred runs the Freeville Gazette. The Gazette? Of course. I should have thought of that myself. A newspaper man will certainly want to help. Fred's more than a newspaper man, Mr. Huh? 
What do you mean? Nothing. Sometimes I just talk too much. Oh, this is where I came in. Look, where can I find Fred Leonard now? At the Gazette office. Two blocks north, turn left. Okay, Mr. Sykes, and thanks for nothing. That's the whole story so far, Mr. Leonard, and frankly, I'm worried. Well, I wouldn't worry too much if I were you, Mr. Kent. How can I help it when Miss Lane seems to have disappeared, and I can't seem to find out how or why no, or we'll when? find her, never you fear. After all, Freefield's not big enough to get lost in, you know. Well, the point is, I don't think she's simply lost. Now, really, Mr. Kent, what else could have happened to her? I don't know, but I have a feeling it's something pretty serious. Oh? Why do you say that? Because there's something mighty peculiar going on here in Freeville. People look frightened. They, they act furtive. They refuse to talk. Well, that's only because we're all worried about the drought, I guess. Well, maybe. After all, I'm sure you can appreciate the importance of rain in a farm community such as ours. Certainly I can, but... Well, then? But I feel there's something that goes deeper than that. A peculiar unrest, a tension among the veterans who've been settled on the government farm project. Oh, come now, Mr. Kent. Aren't you just exercising a vivid, creative imagination? Thanks for the compliment, Mr. Leonard. But I can't help wondering why that telegrapher, old Abner Sykes, wanted Lois to leave Freeville so badly that he resorted to sending us warning telegrams. Well, to understand that, you ought to know more about poor old Abner. Like what? Well, I... I don't like to say this, Mr. Kent. Matter of fact, I don't know how to tell you, but, um... Yes? Well, old Abner's a very lovable and harmless man who's been the telegrapher in this town for nearly 40 years. Afraid I don't follow you. Uh, it's just that, well, he... He sort of has a reputation around town for what's politely referred to as, uh, imagining things. You see? Oh? Yes. And so, if I were you, I wouldn't put much stock in what the old man says. But he hasn't imagined Miss Lane's disappearance. That must be prima facie even to you. Why, George, why didn't I think of this before? Think of what? My one and only roving reporter, Steve Lush, always knows the whereabouts of everyone in town, natives as well as strangers. Now, I bet if I locate him, he'd give us a line on Miss Lane that would remove all the mystery of her so-called disappearance. Where can you reach him? Well, let's see. Chances are he's at the... Uh, hello, Madge. Look, see if you can locate Steve Larson for me, will you? Uh, try the Hotel Central. Yeah, I'll hang on. Two to one, your troubles are over right now, Ken. I certainly hope so, at least where Miss Lane's concerned. <laughs> what else have you got to worry about? I still want to get at the bottom of this drought situation here. Nothing to it, just a quirk of... Uh, hello, that you, Steve? Mr. Clark Kent of the Metropolis Daily Planet's over here at the office. He's trying to locate that other planet reporter, Lois Lane, who's... Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, see you this afternoon any time? That's so. When? Uh-huh. Okay, Steve, thanks. Got anything new to report? I see. No, no, no need to come in yet. Okay, so long. Well, did he have well, any... your troubles are over, Mr. Kent. And like I told you, there was nothing to worry about. Larson knows where Lois is? Yeah, she's on the eastbound limit at en route to Metropolis. What? Uh-huh. Added flag for a stop and got on board at 3.45 this afternoon. Satisfied? No, not quite. But look here. There's still something fishy going on. Why? Because Lois Lane would never leave until she got her story. She did get her story, Ken. What do you mean? She found out there's no story here except that we're suffering an unprecedented drought, so she packed up and left. Uh-uh. No, Mr. Leonard, I won't buy that. Because Lois would know as surely as I do that there's something more than that going on in Freeville. Are you insinuating Please don't misunderstand. I'm insinuating nothing. Oh, you say she boarded the train at 345? That's right. Well, it's 4.10 now. I'd better hurry. Hey, wait, where are you going? To see if Lois Lane is on that train. But how are you going to do that? You'll be surprised. So long. I'll see you again. Soon. Leaving the 
Kriegel Gazette's editor, Clark Kent, ducks around behind the one-story newspaper building. There, out of sight, he changes swiftly to the colorful garb of Superman. And a moment later, he leaps into the air. Up! Up! And away! Speaking to the railroad station, the man of steel veers sharply. Then, following the gleaming double ribbon of steel rails, rockets eastward in pursuit of the flyer. Will he find Lois Lane aboard? A moment ago, Clark Kent was informed by Fred Leonard, editor and publisher of the Freeville Gazette, that Lois Lane boarded the eastbound flyer from Metropolis at 3.45. Now, 30 minutes later, as Superman, he has overtaken the fast express train, and hovering over it, his X-ray vision pierces each passenger car as he searches for the girl reporter. Don't see Lois anywhere on this train. Just to give Leonard the benefit of any doubt, I'll double-check by asking the conductor... Down to the observation platform. Down! You're sure you have no Lois Lane on this train, conductor? I have no one by that name, but a young lady did get aboard at Breville. Oh? Only one, too. Had his flag to stop for. I see. Well, could you help me locate her? Oh, yeah, sure. If you went right into the diner, chances are she's still there. Come on, follow me. There she is, young fellow. Lady with a green hat, third table on your right. I see. That the gal you're looking for? No, that's not Lois Lane. Sorry, your friend just isn't on this train, I guess. Not really surprised, but momentarily shocked nonetheless. Clark Kent realizes more fully than ever now that the mysterious goings-on in Freeville are responsible for Lois Lane's disappearance. For the moment, even Superman feels helpless to find her. What has happened to the girl reporter? What is behind the mystery that hangs like a heavy pall over Freeville? Tomorrow's episode is tense with drama and excitement, so don't miss a minute of it. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman! Clark Kent, anxious and worried about the mystery of Lois Lane's whereabouts, traces a last uncertain possibility on a tip from the Freeville Gazette's editor. 
Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, one of the girls in the gang told me just the other day that she can't decide which is the most fun, adding a new comic button to her collection when Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pep or getting a duplicate so that she can trade with her friends for a different button. Well, either way, of course, you're getting a new button for your collection, and it's bound to be a beauty. Every single one of these 18 buttons in the new series is colorful, and it's bright, and it's nifty-looking. Like that uh, picture of Brenda Starr with her long, soft red hair. Or Spud with his red suspenders and, and that battered old top hat. Or Superman himself, complete a flying red cape and Superman insignia. What's more, it's easy as anything to collect these pep comic buttons. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box top. And you can't buy them anywhere. But you'll find a comic button in every package of Kellogg's Pep you open. And you'll find yourself a load of good eating in a package of Pep, too. A bowl of these crisp toasted whole wheat flakes is just the thing to wake up your appetite on a chilly morning. Pep is sunny and golden toasted, rich in a full wheat flavor that's doggone satisfying. So get Hep to Kellogg's Pep. Ask Mom to get you plenty of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. After three local correspondents had mysteriously refused to cover what appeared to be a routine story of a dry spell in the Preville area, Lois Lane, reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, flew to the scene. The next day, a telegram signed a friend urging Editor White to order Lois home, sent Clark Kent as Superman streaking 2,000 miles to Preville, where he discovered that Lois had disappeared. Old Abner Sykes, the local telegrapher, admitted sending the telegram, but refused to say any more. He denied knowing what had happened to the girl reporter, but suggested that Kent call on Fred Leonard, publisher and editor of the local newspaper. Leonard made a phone call then told Kent that Lois was on a train bound for Metropolis. As Superman, Kent overtook the train, but Lois was not aboard. As we continue now, he has rocketed back to Freeville, where once more in the guise and garb of Clark Kent, he faces Fred Leonard in the latter's office. Listen. Give me a bump steer, Mr. Leonard. What? What do you mean? Miss Lane isn't on the eastbound flyer. She isn't? No. What's more, she was not on it when it left Freeville this afternoon. But but she must have been, Mr. I Kent. I tell you, she wasn't and isn't. I just left the conductor of the train, and he told you me... You just that... left the conductor? What? What are you talking about? Oh, the... Well, I, I mean, I just talked to him. He how said could that... you talk to him? The flyer left here at 345. No, it must be more than 50 miles away. Well, never now. mind how I managed. The point is, I talked to him. He assures me that Miss Lane did not board the train in Freeville. Now, why did you tell me she did? Why... Why, because Steve Larson, my my reporter, he told me so. He did, eh? Yes, you were right here when I called him a few minutes before. You heard me. He told you Miss Lane was on the eastbound flyer? That's right. I can't understand this. Steve usually knows what he's talking about. I don't understand it either yet, but I will before I leave here. Any idea where Steve Larson is now, Mr. Leonard? Why, let's see. It's just 4.30. He usually drops into the lunch wagon about this time. Lunch wagon? Where's that? Oh, just down the street. Most of us drop in there for coffee and a little gossip along about this time. Come on, I'll go over there with you. Fine, let's go, Mr. Leonard. Larson? Just call me Steve, everybody does. Okay, Steve. What made you say Miss Lane left here on the flyer? Because she did. Wait a minute, that's not true. Why? You see, Steve, Kent talked to the conductor on the flyer by radio telephone, I guess. And the conductor said Miss Lane didn't board the train here in Treeville. Oh, that's funny. Told me herself she was taking that train out of here at 345. Miss Lane told you that? Sure, on the phone. When was this? Let's see. 
Must have been around 3.30 this afternoon. How did you happen to contact her? Well, I went over to the hotel around noon. I heard she was in town because, well, Fred and I thought an interview with a big city reporter might make a nice little story. Right, Fred? Right. Did you talk with her then? No, oh, Miss Lane wasn't there, so I left a message asking her to call me when she got in. She called about 3.30. Said she was sorry she couldn't see me, but she'd just about had time to catch 3.45. That's about the time the flyer goes through here, Kent. Uh-huh. Go on, Steve. No, that's all. Fred here called me up a little while ago and said you were looking for Miss Lane. I said to tell you she was on the train. McCall, that's what she told me. That's strange. It sure is. Look, Kent. You sure she isn't on that train? Positive. Are you sure it was Miss Lane you spoke to? Well, the girl I talked to said she was Miss Lane. Of course, never talked to her before. That may not have been Lois. Who else could it be? Exactly. What are you driving at, Kent? Simply that someone else may have called Steve and said she was Miss Lane in order to confuse us at the time of her disappearance. Disappearance? You mean... Yeah, Miss Lane seems to have disappeared, Steve. And this little bird? Go on. She didn't board the flyer at 3.45 a day. She must be around town someplace. No, she's not in Freeville. What's more, she isn't anywhere within 25 miles of Freeville. What? How do you know that, Kent? Just take my word. But how... I didn't you know. You've only been here an hour or so. Look, Mr. Leonard, all I can tell you is I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Big city reporters must carry a set of wings, eh, Fred? <laughs> sure. Look, gentlemen, let's not waste time making jokes. Who represents the law in this town? Well, Sheriff Cleary, but he's over to the state capitol this weekend. Uh-oh. Well, then we'll have to get along without him. Will you two help me find Miss Lane? You bet. Anything we can do for a fellow newspaper man, Kent? Thanks. Well, this is the premise I'm working on. There's something very strange going on around here, and I think Miss Lane's disappearance is tied up with us. Something strange? What do you mean? Before Miss Lane came here, three local correspondents turned down a simple assignment to cover the drought you're suffering here. Now, they I think did, that Miss... Eh? Yes. You say uh, three correspondents turned down that assignment. That's right. Do you know anything about that? Not a thing. It's a funny one, isn't it, Fred? It sure is. But it gives me an idea. What's that? Miss Lane might have stumbled onto another story out here. Another story? Yep. If she did, it might account for her disappearance. Uh-oh. Look, Mr. Leonard, if you know anything... I know quite a bit, Kent. But I don't want to talk about it here. Too many people around. Oh? I'll tell you what. Back to my office with me. I might be able to help you find Miss Lane. See you later, Steve. Right. All right, Mr. Leonard. Suppose you tell me everything you know that might help us find Miss Lane. Okay, Kent. You're telling me about those three correspondents who turned down the assignment and gave me an idea. And here it is. What? I suppose you've heard of a veteran's farm project in this county, haven't you? You mean the veteran homesteaders? Yep. Mm -hmm. 300 war veterans drawn by lot were given anywhere from 60 to 150 acres of reclaimed land in this county. Yes, I've heard of that. It's a fine thing, but what's it got to do with Miss Lane? Just this. We've been having a little trouble with those veterans, Kent. At least with some of them. Really? What kind of trouble? Well, we've been having a bit of a dry spell, as you know. Except for a little fiddle and sprinkle now and then. We haven't had any rain for 29, no, 30 days now. I know, but... Now, please let me finish. I'm sorry. Now, if this drought keeps up much longer, the veterans' first crops will die in the ground. And that means most of the veterans will be ruined, even before they ever get a chance to get started. That would be a shame. And I don't want you to think I'm unsympathetic, Mr. Leonard, but my first problem is to find Miss Lane. I'm She's getting to Miss Lane. But I've got to give you the rest of this first, much as I hate to. Sorry. Incidentally, I'm telling you this in strict confidence, Kent. Well, I respect your confidence. Go ahead. Okay. Well, as I said, most of these homesteading veterans are facing ruin. Well, some of them, the hotter heads among them, haven't been able to take it. What do you mean? Well, to put it frankly, and mind you, this isn't confidence, Kent. I understand. These uh, hotheads, we'll say, have been pillaging and robbing the native farmers and businessmen of the community. What? That's right. Farm equipment and livestock have been stolen. Village stores have been broken and entered. There have even been two cases where a farmer and a storekeeper in Freeville were badly beaten when they attempted to protect their property. Wait, Scott, you mean to say the men who committed these acts are veterans? I sure hate to say so. Well, are you sure they are? Practically certain. 
Now, we've tried to ignore it. Ignore it? Yes. Because we know what the veterans are up against. And a lot of us around here had boys in the war, too. We know what they went through and that the war, well, upset their nerves temporarily. So we've just tried to sit tight, realizing their futures are at stake in their respective farms, and open the range and come and make everything all right. I see. I've even played these acts down in my paper, saying the culprits couldn't be identified. Although we're pretty sure who they are. That's very decent of you, Mr. Leonard, and I want to talk to you some more, some more about it, but... Again, I ask just what has all this to do with the disappearance of Miss Lane? You mean you don't see, Ken? Oh, frankly, I don't. Why, it's as plain as the nose on your face. First, three correspondents refused to cover the story of the drought for your fate. Well, yes, And but... then Miss Lane, who's probably got more spunk than those other correspondents, comes on here and she disappears. Now do you get it? <laughs> Puzzled, Clark Kent shakes his head. What does Fred Leonard mean? A moment ago in the small editorial office of the Preville Gazette, Fred Leonard, editor, told Kent that Lois's disappearance is tied up with the deep unrest among local veteran homesteaders. Puzzled, Kent shakes his head and says, Maybe I'm stupid, Mr. Leonard, but I don't get it. You don't? No, I can't see how trouble in the Veterans Farm Project can have anything to do with our correspondence quitting and Miss Lane's disappearance. Now look. If a big newspaper like the Metropolis Daily Planet published the stories of what's going on down here, how long do you think it'll take the Veterans Administration and Congress to take steps against our vet homesteaders? Oh, I think I get it now. Well, sure. They'd probably take their land away from them. Of course, and you think Miss Lane learned about what was going on here, and it's being held by the veterans to prevent her from wiring the stories to the Daily Planet. Well, I certainly hate to think but so. But you do think so. Well, yes. Oh, I can't believe it. I read about this project and about the one in Oregon, and I understand that the veterans are very carefully screened before they can apply for homesteads. They must have excellent characters and reputations. And that's true. But hungry and desperate men, particularly those who've been through a war, Kent, can easily be driven to do desperate things. Yes, I see what you mean. And if you're right, Miss Lane is in serious danger, because she won't back down under threats. She'll defy them. I've got to get right out to the veterans' project. Now, wait, Kent. I'll drive you out there. Good. Let's go. Rushing out of the one-story Freeville Gazette building, Clark Kent steps into the country editor's car and is on his way to the Veterans Farm Project area. The first step in what he hopes will be a successful search for Lois Lane. But the situation is not as simple as Fred Leonard would have Kent believe. And complications are now in motion that will make things difficult even for Superman. There's a startling surprise in tomorrow's exciting episode, so don't miss it. Yes, be sure to tune in again tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, though Superman despairingly faces a blank wall in his search for Lois Lane, he is little prepared for the shock dealt by the girl reporter herself. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. 
Say, I know a young fellow who's mighty handy with a pencil and crayons. And you should see the drawings he's made, copies of the pictures of funny paper characters on those comic buttons in that new series Kellogg's Pep is putting out. So every time he gets a new comic button, why, he has a new picture to draw. Now, I thought that maybe you'd like to try it, too. You can color them bright in red and, and black and blue and yellow, just like the pep comic buttons. And those pictures are really easy to copy because the outlines are clear and sharp and the details are all there, like the picture of uh, Brent Starr, for instance, or Tess Trueheart, or Superman himself. Now, if you don't want to let your friends get ahead of you, you better get busy. All you do is to ask Mom to get you some Kellogg's pet. That's right. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't find these comic buttons anywhere. But there's one, a prize for you in every package of pep you open. And you'll go for pep for another reason, too. Because it just plain tastes delicious. Pep is called the sunshine cereal. Sure, it's loaded with sunny golden toasted flavor. A deep down goodness that makes every bite taste better than the last. So ask mom to keep you stocked up with P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. <laughs> Now, the adventures of Superman. When three correspondents mysteriously refused to cover a simple story of a drought in the Freeville area, Lois Lane, reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, flew to the scene and disappeared. As Superman, Clark Kent streaked 2,000 miles to Freeville, where Fred Leonard, editor and publisher of the little local paper, told him of homesteading war veterans who, facing ruin because of the drought, were committing acts of burglary and vandalism. Leonard hinted that Lois might have stumbled onto these stories and been seized by the veterans in order to prevent her from reporting them to the Daily Planet. As we continue now, Kent and Leonard have arrived at one of the veteran farm projects 20 miles from Freeville. They're approaching a husky, black-haired young man who's feeding a flock of chickens. That fellow feeding the chickens is Jerry Barton. He was an Air Force captain during the war, and he's now the head of the veterans' post out here, Kent. Well, he's the man I want to see, Mr. Leonard. These fellows are responsible for Miss Lane's disappearance, as you think. Uh, hold it. Hello, Barton. What do you want, Leonard? Uh, Barton, I want you to meet Clark Kent. He's a reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet. How do you do? You a friend of this so-called newspaper editor, Mr. Kent? Why, he is. Uh, of course he is. Then excuse me for not shaking hands. Any friend of Fred Leonard's is no friend of mine. So state your business and then get off of my land. Huh, that's being painfully blunt. Those are my sentiments. People around here will get just as much hospitality as they showed me and the other veterans on this project when we first came here. And that was just exactly zero. So I'm telling you again, state your business now, and... Then... you've got the wrong idea about the people of Freeville, Barton. We've done everything we could to help you and make you welcome. Are you kidding? Now, wait a minute, I no, just... No, I'm absolutely sincere. I know that this drought and what this drought means to you fellas, but it isn't our fault, you know. I wouldn't even swear to that. Be careful, Barton. Now, listen, please, both of you. I'm not afraid of you, Leonard. And I'm not what you and your dirty gang call a foreigner. So I can tell you exactly what I think. Which is what I aim to do right now. Please, Mr. Barton, let's try to get You stay out of this, Kent. Look here, I want to find I've been waiting for a chance to tell Mr. Editor Man here just what I think. And nobody's going to stop me now. I warn you, Barton, don't say anything you'll be sorry for. Don't worry, mister. Nobody could say anything you'd be sorry for to a polecat like you. Why, you easy, I said polecat and I made it. Who else would try to keep a bunch of veterans? Men who'd fought for their country and for you from settling down on the land here and trying to make a living. I didn't try to stop you. I simply pointed out in my paper... And to the legislature. Yes, and to the legislature, too. That this land wasn't suitable for intensive farming. That's a lot of baloney, and you know it. Look, if you fellas don't stop this, I'm... Now, wait, Kent. Everyone knows this is reclaimed land and some of the best in the country. But we know that you and the honorable Uncle Ed Clayton didn't want us here. Because you knew you couldn't bully us or honeysuckle us into voting the way you want us to. 
And particularly at this time, because there's a special election coming up for Senate. What's that? That's a lie. And you didn't want us here because some of my buddies part their hair different from you natives. Some of us go to a different church. Or our skin happens to be a different color. That's so you serious accusation, yes, Mr. Barton. Yes, what's more, it's not true. The heck it isn't. What's more, you and your boss, the Honorable Uncle Ed, have got the backwoods natives sold in the poisonous belief that anyone who goes to a different church or whose skin is a different color is a foreigner. And so he's an enemy. I say that's a lie, and I Wait a minute, Mr. Leonard. Wait a minute. Calm down, both of you, and be sensible. You know this kind of argument never gets you anywhere. Kent, I, uh, I think we'd better be going. It's obvious we won't get anywhere with this man. Just a moment. I came out here for a reason, and I don't intend to lose any more time. Barton? Yes? A fellow reporter for the Daily Planet, a girl named Lois Lane, disappeared in Freeville a few hours ago. Disappeared? That's right. You know anything about it? Me? Shucks, no. Why should I? Well, let's put it this way. I, uh, I've heard of certain acts of vandalism committed by the veterans on this project. Oh. Oh, now I... And it's occurred to... Well, it occurred to me that if a big paper like the Daily Planet published the stories, it might make things rather, well, uncomfortable for you fellows. It could even mean the end of your homestead rights, you know. Go on, Mr. What are you driving at? Just this, Barton. If Miss Lane ran across those stories and prepared to publish them... Some veterans might just see fit to try to prevent her. Why, of all the... Look, did Fred Leonard here put that idea in your head? Well... Don't try to get out of it. I know he did. I've heard these stories going around about fellas from this project stealing and pillaging and all that rot. Is it rot, Barton? It is, and you know it's rot. If it wasn't, why didn't you have the sheriff arrest the man you accused? Well, because we realized how hard-pressed you chaps were, and that the culprits were, well, just hotheads. You mean foreigners, don't you? I said hotheads. We didn't want to condemn all of you because a few irresponsible... Oh, go on. You would have jumped at a chance to arrest one of us, but you knew we were innocent. This is just another plan of yours to discredit us. This time, by George, you've gone too far. Easy, you look Barton. here, Barton. I've had enough of this. Come on, Mr. Leonard. Let's go. Mr. Barton, I'll be back to see you later after I've found Miss Lane. I want to talk with you. I, uh, I'm really sorry for what happened, Kent. Forget it. Never should have lost my temper with that poor chap. After all, the drought is ruining him, so well, naturally his nerves are affected. I assure you, he doesn't know what he's saying. On the contrary, I thought he was well aware of what he was saying. Now, look here, Kent. You, you don't mean you believe all that, that faulted ash about me and Uncle Ed Clayton? Well, never mind that now or Uncle Ed either. I've got to find Miss Lane. Oh, of course. But I'm afraid you won't be able to get Barton's cooperation with Sadie's in. I don't need his cooperation at the moment. Look, Mr. Leonard, you drive your car down the road a mile or so, will you, and wait for me. There's something I want to do alone. Oh, what's that, man? Oh, nothing much. It's just a little idea I want to work out. Oh, very well, Kent. I'll be waiting for you. Thanks. Leaving Fred Leonard, Clark Kent walks across the road, enters a patch of woods where he swiftly resumes his true identity of Superman. Then, up, up, and away! <laughs> Leaping up from the woods, Superman hovers first over Jerry Barton's farm, his keen eyes searching every inch of terrain and buildings below him. Then, failing to see any sign of Lois Lane, he streaks away, ranging in great sweeps and circles above the other farms of the homesteading war veterans. Dry, sun-parched acres now, on which haggard-faced men stand with faces upturned to the skies from which no rain descends. Finally, admitting defeat, Superman rockets back to the patch of woods, resumes his guise and garb of Clark Kent, rejoins the waiting Fred Leonard in his car. Okay, Mr. Leonard, let's go. Right. How's your idea work out? Oh, fair enough. Good. You want to start searching the veterans' farms, Kent? No, thanks. I've already done that. You what? Hmm? 
Oh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm quite sure Miss Lane isn't anywhere around here. Oh, how can you be sure? I Skip think... It, will you? Let's get back to town, if you don't mind, please. Oh, whatever you say. Thanks. I want to have another talk with that telegrapher, Abner Sykes. You're wasting your time, Ken. I told you about old Abner. He, well, he's a fine old chap, but, well, he always thinks people are in danger around here. Why, he... You're right. What'd you say, Ken? Oh, nothing, nothing, Mr. Leonard. Just drop me at the telegraph office, if you will. No, I still say you're wasting your time. I intend to stay here until I find Miss Lane. You won't find her, young feller. But I must. I can't just ignore Take the fact my that advice. You... Grab the next train back to Metropolis. Ridiculous. There must be some way of finding out. Better still, drive over to Rollins and board the eastbound plane. Get your way faster. Nothing going, Mr. Sykes. As I said before, I'm not leaving here until I find Miss Lane. And then, not until I find out what's going on around here. Hmm. Well, maybe this will change your mind. What's that? Telegram just coming in for you. No use to paste it up. Read it on the tape. That's it. Uh-oh. Get out of Freeville at once before it's too late. Signed, a friend. You see what I mean? Shocked and puzzled, Clark again stares at the words on the telegraph tape. The same threatening words used to warn Lois Lane to leave Freeville before she disappeared. What will happen now? The little telegraph office operated by Abner Sykes in Freeville, Clark Kent has just received a telegram warning him to leave town at once. The aged telegrapher shakes his head and mutters, See what I mean, Mr. Kent? Yes. Now will you go back to Metropolis? Certainly not. Let's see, this telegram was sent from Rawlings. Where's that? About 30 miles south. 30 miles south. Well, that's where I'm going, because whoever sent this telegram probably knows where Miss Lane is and... Oh, gee, Jerusalem! Look who's coming in. Great Scott! Lois! Lois, what's the matter? Quick, catch her, Mr. Kent. She's keeling over. Startled, Clark Kent springs forward as Lois Lane. Her face white, her eyes set in a glassy stare, moans, falls into his arms, unconscious. What has happened to the girl reporter? What is the answer to the strange goings-on in the sun-parched, drought-afflicted area of Freeville? Monday's episode is tense and exciting, gang, so don't miss a minute of it. Be sure to tune in again Monday, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!